You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. We begin in Burnaby, where an alleged kidnapper fell as many as 11 stories attempting to escape RCMP. Jill Bennett is live at the Metrotown apartment building where this all unfolded. And Jill, obviously a shock for those living in the building. Some very tense moments, Sophie, when residents heard a loud bang. One told us he could hear police yelling, stop resisting arrest. And another woman living on the first floor of this tower looked out to see the man who survived that 11-story fall. Probably 10 to a dozen um, firefighters and paramedics working on this guy, like you're lying there where those leaves are strewn about. This all unfolded after RCMP descended on this Burnaby apartment high-rise, responding to a report of a kidnapping and hostage situation. Moments before, people say there were police everywhere. There was like 15 to 20 fully uniformed military, like assault rifle carrying people in our garage. I, there was chaos going on then. And then they, shot, then they started to shout, get down on the floor, get out or get down, get down. I just grabbed my baby and it just uh, ran out of the house. Several residents say they heard a loud bang just before the man fell from the balcony. There's some sort of uh, police explosion flash that they used to shock whoever was inside the unit. Members of the emergency response team then entered a suite on the 11th floor where three suspects were inside. It is reported that they observed three persons exiting the apartment uh, by way of the balcony. Um, two of those individuals were soon thereafter apprehended, but one fell to the ground um, and was seriously harmed. The man who fell landed in this bush and was then taken to hospital. The other two somehow got back inside the building. When I opened the door a few minutes after to see the safe come out, there's four police officers and like a SWAT guy kneeling on somebody. Burnaby RCMP are continuing to investigate the kidnapping. The IIO was called in to investigate if any actions by police led to the suspect's injuries. Now, as for the person at the center of the alleged kidnapping, police say that person was not hurt. He was discovered inside the suite. The IIO is now asking for any more witnesses to come forward as they uh, investigate the police actions, as well Burnaby RCMP investigating that alleged kidnapping. They, too, asking for more information. Sophie? All right, thanks for that. Jill Bennett in Burnaby. moments at this Canada Day celebration in West Vancouver. Officers call for backup as fights break out and hundreds of youth surround police. It all unfolded in front of shocked families who had gathered at Ambleside Park for fireworks. And while West Vancouver police say they had increased patrols anticipating larger crowds, the melee that unfolded ended with two officers being assaulted and two arrests. Jordan Armstrong reports. We've blurred the video because police say most of the troublemakers chanting at the officers are minors. Some as young as 12. The youths were consuming liquor openly and once officers intervene with uh, one such person that was uh, consuming liquor, um, it is alleged that this young person did charge at one of our officers. A struggle broke out and Constable Kevin Goodmurphy says as many as 
300 teens surrounded the officers. It's alleged that some of the youth were throwing beer cans at some of our officers. As, as you can imagine, this would have been quite frightening for them. He says two officers were assaulted and access to Ambleside Park was temporarily shut down. One of our officers did sustain um, injuries when he was uh, struck in the face by a punch. This is an extremely rare occurrence for West Vancouver. But not the only recent example of kids going wild. It was out of control. <laughs> Last year, a 14-year-old girl used her parents' credit card to rent a West Van home. She threw a party for 200 people, a rager that caused $20,000 in damage. As for the Canada Day chaos, police say two teens were arrested and released. And unfortunately, they ruined it for a lot of people, a lot of families who were looking to come down to the beach and enjoy a holiday. The investigation continues, but right now, no charges are being considered. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. A fatal crash has closed the Coquihalla Highway near Kamloops. It happened just south of the city around 4 this afternoon. RCMP say a white Toyota Prius collided head-on with a gray Toyota Sienna. The driver of the Prius was pronounced dead at the scene. The driver of the Sienna was transported to hospital. Traffic northbound into Kamloops is currently still closed, but a single lane is uh, northbound is anticipated to be open shortly. A series of earthquakes up and down the West Coast in recent days is raising concerns of a natural disaster. Three quakes were detected within minutes early this morning south of Haida Gwaii. And yesterday, Southern California was rocked by the strongest quake it has had in decades. Aaron MacArthur has more on the seismic activity and what experts say it all means. And this is where the act activity is. It was a bit of a shaky start to the day in Queen Charlotte Sound. Three earthquakes hit in rapid succession, all moderate, but enough to move the needle. These are well offshore. Um, they're in an area where we have activity quite regularly, so they're not a surprise at all. The tremors measured no more than magnitude 5.6, but they came just a day after a larger, more damaging quake hit in the Mojave Desert in Southern California. Scientists say the two occurrences are in no way linked. It's kind of a random occurrence. I mean, there's lots of six and seven earthquakes that occur all the time. It's just that we had two occur close to, you know, populated areas. There are so many earthquakes every day off the coast of North America, it's hard to put them all on a map. But it is a reminder we are due for the big one. A quake that would have a thousand times the force of what happened Friday morning. Something a lot of people ask is, hey, did this magnitude 6 release some stress? Does that mean we're not going to have a big earthquake? Unfortunately not. It would take over a thousand magnitude 6 earthquakes to release the stress that's building up for that eventual magnitude 8 or 9. Experts say now is the perfect time to take stock. Make an emergency kit. Get to know your neighbors. Throw a party, invite your neighbors over, and that will build up. Um, community resilience. If you think about it, the very first person who's ever going to show up during a disaster are the people closest to you. It's not going to be the police, it's not going to be the paramedics, it's going to be your neighbours. When we do face a major disaster, we all need to be ready. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. A home up for sale in Surrey went up in flames overnight. One person suffered second-degree burns when fire broke out in the home near 88th Avenue and 159th Street. When fire crews arrived, flames were coming out every door and window. 
Thankfully, all seven people who were inside got out. Crews remained on scene for much of the morning, putting out hotspots. No word yet on how the fire started. An update tonight on a family from Sudan who lost everything when their townhouse went up in flames on Canada Day. Their emergency housing has expired. And while they're grateful for the support they've received so far, Nadia Stewart has more on the immediate challenges they're facing. Just four days after the Lamudak's home was ravaged by fire. I'm desperate looking for a place right now so that I can start settling. The family find themselves in a seemingly hopeless search to find a home. Their old home is off limits. And after Friday night, they no longer have a place to stay. And I wake up early in the morning, started looking for the internet, looking for places where I can find people who are riding rentals. I'm almost 24-7 on the phone. I have a little bit of sleepless thinking about what to do. We still do not know what sparked the fire just before 1.30 Tuesday morning. Firefighters arrived at the 5800 block of 138th Street only to discover flames wreaking havoc. A total of five homes now uninhabitable. We know we lost everything. The family, formerly refugees from Sudan, found themselves at a hotel in White Rock. But their stay here expires as of Friday night. Saturday morning, they'll have nowhere to go. Currently, we were not yet finding a place yet, so we still keep looking. Looking, but their options are few. This home was close to their children's school, the neighborhood they know and love. Donations are coming in, but what they really need now is shelter. And they're willing to relocate to another community if that's what it takes. Maybe if there's no place in Surrey that we find, maybe it doesn't matter anywhere we, we, we can find a place Either Langley or Altigrop. At this point, anything will do. Natty Circle News. A heads up for RV owners. If you have one parked on your property that you haven't checked for a while, you might want to take a peek inside. Two homeowners recently received a bit of a shock when they discovered a stranger in their midst. Catherine Urquhart has more on where it happened and the advice from police. My husband found the door ajar. And when he came in, he could just tell, you know, all the cushions had been moved up onto the bed. The bathroom has quite obviously been used. Krista Barnaby and her husband knew right away someone had been squatting inside their camper in Saanich. Surveillance footage confirmed it. They climbed up the ladder at the back of the camper, laid down on the roof and pried the vent above the bed uh, and then just slipped in down through the roof. Krista called police Wednesday night and a 20-year-old man was arrested. He's facing break-and-enter charges. For Saanich police, it was the second such instance that night. 30 minutes earlier, they'd arrested a 21-year-old man for squatting in a motorhome at another property. They looked out their window, saw a man in their yard who was naked. He was using their garden hose, and then he uh, moved away from the garden hose and stepped into their motorhome and closed the door like he lived there. That man also facing break-and-enter charges. For both homeowners, the experience, troubling. It's pretty upsetting to know that someone's, you know, so close in this space that's not theirs. Uh, it's a bit unsettling. Saanich police are now advising those who own recreational vehicles or campers to take precautions. Just like you're checking your car doors, just like you're checking your, your windows and doors on, on sheds and in your home, remember to check your RV. Um, don't let it just become a, a fixture in your yard and just don't leave it idly sitting there. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. 
Right now, though, the Vancouver Island community of Parksville has come up with an idea to curb crime. The mayor says there's been a lot of interest in a new rebate program for surveillance cameras. But as Kylie Stanton reports, it could put the town on a collision course with civil liberties. From vandalism to robbery and everything in between, security cameras captured it all. And the quaint Vancouver Island community of Parksville is not immune. The park here has been vandalized a few times. Uh, downtown uh, Parksville was vandalized. Now, for a limited time, the city is offering residents and businesses a rebate program for security cameras installed on their property. Council has allocated $2,500 this year with plans to double that in 2020. There's up to $100 per application available per property until the funds run out. While no one with the city was available to comment on the initiative, residents seem split on the idea. What's the problem? I mean, if you're walking your dog down the street and the neighbor gets a picture, so what? I don't think it's right. The city says it is believed the addition of security cameras to businesses and residences will support law enforcement, deter criminal activity, and contribute to the overall safety and security in the community. We're now reaching out to the public and asking for help. It's a tool commonly relied on by police to further their investigations. But privacy advocates say the initiative could be a slippery slope. It is a concern. Sarah Newart with the BC Freedom of Information and Privacy Association is calling for consultation and education as part of the rollout. Otherwise, it has the potential of becoming a problem itself. It opens it up to make it easy for everyone to just put cameras in their backyard and it becomes an acceptable practice. And there's going to be at some point in time, people are going to say, what happened to the days when I could just walk down the street without being filmed? While the city says there has been significant interest in the program, it has yet to receive a formal rebate application. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Parksville. Well, bad news if you were hoping to enjoy a popular summer event in North Vancouver. The city announced today that next weekend's Fun City Festival, featuring a 300-meter-long slide down Lonsdale, has been cancelled. Officials say the water slide provider, Fun City Sliders, is going out of business. The city is not aware of any other business in North America that operates such a giant slide, so the event is not expected to return next year. The festival debuted back in 2015. Anyone who bought a ticket should get a refund through the vendor. Dog owners are being advised to take a closer look at the list of ingredients on their pet food. The warning comes after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration released a list of more than a dozen brands under investigation for possible ties to a potentially deadly canine heart condition. I just thought going with the grain-free would be good, but apparently it's the grain-free that's actually giving problems. Dog lover Patrick Stutz says he's done buying nature's domain. He's been feeding it to Winston and Lucy for years and was shocked to see the popular grain-free mix on the list of 16 dog foods under investigation by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. My last dog actually was taking blue buffalo and he died of cancer, so I don't really want these guys to go through the same thing. Blue buffalo, that's another one on the list. But these brands aren't being investigated for cancer. The FDA says these are the labels most often associated with a dangerous heart condition called canine dilated cardiomyopathy. What I'd always recommend is look at the ingredients and ask yourself if that's something a carnivore should be consuming. And if it's not, then maybe it's time to move on to something more natural.
the biggest foods that are showing up in this report, it's not about brand, it's about dry dog food or kibble. So if people are concerned, the best way to make sure your dog is, is getting really fresh food is to look at a raw diet. Pet food researcher Rodney Habib agrees. Eggs, believe it or not, are one of the most complete sources of amino acids. He recommends adding fresh foods into the mix and avoiding heavily processed bags of dog food. I think personally that rotating between different manufacturers, different formulations, will keep you uh, safe. Elizabeth McSheffrey, Global News, Halifax. Underprivileged children in Burnaby will soon have a greater opportunity to learn to play music, thanks to a, a DOA frontman and city councillor Joe Keithley. He came up with the idea to provide instruments and legends, or lessons rather, and members of the Burnaby Fire Department are stepping up to fund it, providing $100,000 over the next decade. We talked to Joe quite a bit. We've known him for a long time, and he's a big supporter of the community. And when he approached us, we said, hey, look, this fits exactly what the Burnaby Firefighters Charitable gets involved in. So originally it was $5,000 uh, for 10 years. Uh, we thought about it a little bit harder, and uh, we're going to go with $10,000 a year for 10 years, $100,000. You know, there's a lot of uh, poor kids uh, in Burnaby that would never be able to afford a guitar or electronic keyboard or maybe a, a drum set or electronic drum set. And the other thing they need too, they need uh, uh, music lessons as well to get, get, get them going. Hey, ho, let's go. <laughs> he is a, a punk rock legend, that's for sure. Well, it is the really big prize at the PNE every year. And tonight, a lucky group of winners is getting a VIP preview of this year's prize home. Meteorologist Christy Gordon among them. What are the reviews so far, Christy? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, Sophie, they are absolutely loving it. Aren't you guys? You love the home? <laughs> I'm here with Shelly Frost. She's the CEO of the PE. And uh, let's tell everyone about some of the cool features because this home really is spectacular. Yeah, it's quite outstanding. It's very different from the last few years. It's a fabulous modern farmhouse. People are telling us that they love the layout, they love the usability of the space upstairs, that it's great for entertaining, mm -hmm. but it's really great for just like great livable space. Talking about the prep kitchen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Two kitchens. That's really nice. <laughs> you can entertain in one and make your mess in the other one. Nobody will ever know the difference. Right. And then the other cool part is that this uh, will be relocated. It will. So its final destination will be up on Kirshner Mountain in Kelowna. And at the fabulous valley and lake views, it'll be just an outstanding property. And we really love the fact that it's net zero ready, which means it uses 80% less energy. And it's going to be a completely energy efficient home when it's in its final location. I love that aspect, that's for sure. Um, so it's not only this home that people can win, there's all sorts of early bird prizes as well. Yeah, thanks for asking. We've got uh, some great early birds. We have a draw coming up on July 22nd, a deadline. Um, but we've got great cars to give away. We've got cash prizes. We've got luxury trips to give away. There's really uh, so much that you, can, that you can win with a ticket. So we are having so much fun, a little bit of wine, a little bit of prize home here. Thanks so much, Shelley. I'll throw it back to you, Sophie. Now you can get more information at peenyprizehome.ca. What a tough assignment, Christy. All right, we'll talk to you uh, know. <laughs> in a little bit, get the weather forecast. A fresh plea tonight for cooler heads on our congested roads. That's after video surfaced of a confrontation between a cyclist and driver at a busy Toronto intersection. Sean O'Shea speaks with the driver at the center of the road rage. It's one of many gridlocked Toronto intersections, York and Bremner, scene of this confrontation involving a cyclist and driver Brett New. 
He was looking for a fight. News says he was making a legal right-hand turn on the street. A southbound traveling cyclist uh, on York came off of the sidewalk, entered the intersection on a red light in front of me. Uh, I naturally stopped the car. I hit the horn. Uh, the cyclist then dismounted, uh, began swearing at me, and kicked my vehicle. He was holding a metal bike lock. He proceeded to strike me in the arm with the bike lock. Why'd you get out of the car? He was trying to damage my personal property. I, you know, I don't think, I, I think I should be able to get out and, and defend my personal property. Two videos capture the cyclist dragging you to the ground. I feel like I've done nothing wrong and for that kind of overreaction that puts my physical safety in jeopardy, very frustrating. Traffic laws are ignored routinely at corners like these. Drivers block intersections, leaving pedestrians to squeeze in between cars. The scooter driver rides at a crosswalk. Later, we watch him fall down and get up and speed away, making his own rules. Add to that, texting walkers crossing roadways paying little attention. But some cyclists say it's the people in vehicles who pose the biggest risk. You have people cut you off all the time, uh, and they just kind of don't give you any space, so they think it's, it's their, almost like their right to be there and not your right to be there. In this case... He was assaulted with an object of some sort, so at this point it would be assault with a weapon. Police are asking for public assistance to find the cyclist. And we all have to share the roadway, we all have to use it, so we encourage people to try to do so in a peaceful manner. And obviously if there's some kind of conflict, don't exit your vehicle and try not to get into a confrontation with the other person. Gridlock is getting worse all the time, but for Brett New, just because you're delayed... It doesn't give you the right to, uh, to physically assault anyone. Overcast skies are not deterring thousands from taking part in the annual Calgary Stampede Parade. The rain stopped just in time for the start of the parade. Umbrellas and plastic ponchos covered a sea of cowboy hats and western shirts. About a million people are expected to take in the 10-day exhibition, which runs until July 14th, including our Chris Galis. Well, in Health Matters tonight, every year, tens of thousands of people around the world fall ill or die after contracting superbugs. They cause infections that antibiotics can't treat. Now, British scientists have accidentally discovered a new compound they say finds and kills these dangerous bugs. And this is the compound being separated. It may not look like much, but an arms race is underway in this lab, pitting man against germs. How concerned should we be about superbugs? The way it's going, it's like a freight train coming towards us and we're not doing anything. Superbugs are bacteria like E. coli and MRSA that evolved to resist current antibiotics. Health officials predict they could kill more than 10 million people a year by 2050, putting patients at risk of deadly infections during everyday procedures. Imagine uh, very common operations like hip replacement, knee replacements, things like childbirth will become a major medical problem. But scientists at England's University of Sheffield say there's hope. PhD student Kirsty Smitten accidentally discovered a potential superbug breakthrough while researching cancer-fighting drugs. We didn't know if it would work on bacteria and then we just suddenly got a hit and it did work, so it was a bit of a surprise. This experimental compound nicknamed Ruru is the latest weapon in their arsenal. These microscopic images show how it successfully attacks, infiltrates, and kills superbugs. This is victory. Yeah, so there it's breached, the cell membrane. So far, they've tested their discovery on insects. The work is costly and time-consuming, and human trials are still years away. 
If it makes, makes it free clinical trials, then yeah, there's no reason why it couldn't save as many lives as penicillin has saved. And if approved, it'll keep doctors one step ahead in the war against superbugs. Ian Lee, CBS News, Sheffield, England. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Scientists with the Department of Fisheries and Oceans are celebrating after all three pods that make up the southern resident killer whale population were spotted along the west coast of Vancouver Island last week. A new calf born to J31 in May was also seen swimming alongside its mother. Until now, there had been some concern about the whales because they hadn't been seen since May. Well, how Olive the duck ruffled a few feathers, breaking royal protocol during her meeting with the Queen today. That's right after Christie's forecast. All right, meteorologist Christy Gordon, as we saw earlier, is enjoying the new Peony Prize home. Uh, great day outside, but um, you know what? It's a beautiful mm -hmm. house to hang out in. <laughs> That's right. We're nice and cozy in here, enjoying the prize home and all it has to offer, which is an incredible layout and uh, over 3,000 square feet, Sophie. Uh, but a great day, that's for sure. Today was drizzly and cold, not only here across the south coast, but across much of uh, southern BC. You can see outside a lot of clouds still lingering, and we have a severe thunderstorm watch in effect still for the Okanagan Valley, extending east all the way through the Elk Valley region, so including Nelson in Cranbrook area as well. So we've got two features we're watching. One is this southerly flow. That's kicking up the thunderstorms across southern BC. You'll likely see that again tomorrow. But also the low pressure center itself over northern Vancouver Island. That is actually going to shift south tomorrow to the southern part of Vancouver Island and the lower mainland. So along with the cloud and the showers that we have in the forecast for tomorrow, we have a risk of thunderstorms. Here's how much rain we'll see in the next 24 hours. Majority of it will be from Campbell River through Powell River and then extending east into Revelstoke. Vancouver not expecting much at all as you can see there and I just wanted you to note our forest fire situation right now is very good but we've just had release from the BC Wildfire Service there's uh, the forecast for the season they're concerned about the south coast and the northwestern corner of the province other areas have had significant rain so that is good news and we'll see that again tomorrow with cloud and showers uh, still a risk of thunderstorms tomorrow so any forest fires that have been ignited in the last little while really have been because of lightning. So a little soggy this weekend, not heavy rain, but just drizzly. Finally, we come out of it on Monday, Sophie. And yes, it's certainly a uh, weekend probably to stay inside. If you had a home like this or any home, really, you could just enjoy and cozy up. I would definitely be okay to stay inside that home for sure. Thanks, Christy. Mm-hmm. Well, Queen Elizabeth ended her trip in Scotland today by taking a stroll with a mischievous little duck. Four-year-old Olive thinks she's human. Volunteers on the farm say she even managed to escape one day, ending up on a city bus before being returned home. Well, today, Olive met the Queen, who took a pass on giving her a pet, but appeared to enjoy going for a walk with the duck. And while Olive appeared to break royal protocol by waddling in front of the Queen, the monarch didn't seem to mind much. There was no off with its head. <laughs> I, I don't thought, think they do that anymore. I would though. like to ask the queen. <clears throat> yeah. Are there any of these things that you have to do? You're just like, oh. I gotta, I'm, I'm sure. the queen and I've got to walk with a duck. 
part of the job. I'm sure. I'm, yeah. But she, uh, she keeps a stiff upper lip. She keeps calm. She carries on, as they do. I know. That's her gig. Uh, London Drugs. You can go pick up some toilet paper. Yes. Meet an NBA star. You can. Yes, I forgot to fix <laughs> go my ahead, earrings today. So you got two different ones. I thought I'd try a fashion thing. But Actually, you know what? It could be a whole new fashion. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it's not an earpiece. I for, I just forgot to finish the change. Which one of the did you want? Process. This one. I wanted, wanted two to of those. wear these okay. ones, and then I forgot. To, anyway. Hey, it happens. <laughs> I've never happened to me because I don't wear earrings, but okay. I'm sure it's happened to someone else. All right. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, evidence of raptors fever in Vancouver today. No lady trying to sneak in early here, trying to play that old number card, right? But I'm like, no, not happening. Wow. Competitive. There was no cutting the line today. Fans waiting since 3 this morning for a chance to see one of their idols, Danny Green, in town for an autograph. Signing and meet and greet at the, uh, pardon me, at the launch of the newest London drugstore in Dunbar. Fans were there early to get one of the limited number of wristbands that were handed out. I've been a Toronto Raptors fan for a long time, born and raised in Toronto, and um, to be able to see them win a championship and be able to do that with my kids watching and being fans of, now being fans of the Toronto Raptors as well is coming full circle and to meet him and show him that Vancouver loves and supports the Toronto Raptors as well. I don't ever recall a big lineup for big country. There would be now. It almost seems like surreal. It's like a cult figure now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a very good little documentary. Yeah. yeah. Um, it almost seems surreal now that Vancouver was in the NBA. It almost no. seems like it didn't happen, even though it did happen. Oh, it happened. Okay. So anybody on the Toronto Raptors, as you just saw, is royalty all across Canada this summer. None, of course, bigger than Kawhi Leonard. But ever since the parade, he has become Where's Waldo? But his old friend Danny Green, who played with him in both Toronto and in San Antonio, has been traveling across Canada, basking in the glory, holding camps for kids. And today, as you just saw, he was in Vancouver. And by the way, he isn't saying what Kawhi Leonard's going to do because he probably doesn't know what Kawhi's going to do. Um, thanks for having me. Danny Green may or may not be a Raptor next season, depending on where Kawhi Leonard ultimately ends up. But there is no doubt who the Raptors' post-championship MVP has been. Danny Green has spent the past week putting on basketball camps for kids across Canada. In this case, MVP stands for Most Visible Player, a one-year Raptor who's giving back to the fans who showed him so much love during their championship run. It's been amazing. It's been sold out. All the camps have been sold out. The kids have been enjoying it. Um, draw to every appearance has been amazing. A lot of love and support and having fun. So, like I said, the biggest thing is, is the kids. Danny Green turns and fires! Danny Green! Like everyone, Green is anxiously waiting on Kawhi Leonard's decision because it affects him directly. Green, who is also an unrestricted free agent, would likely come back to Toronto if Kawhi goes back. If Kawhi goes to L.A., Green may take his talents to Dallas, but right now he's waiting like everyone else. I look at things in a positive light. I'm not too frustrated. I'm enjoying it. And luckily I've been you know, blessed enough to be put in a position where it's a good one. Looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win! 
Now, as far as Kawhi keeping a secret in this age where information is always leaking to the media, Green's not surprised. No one can keep things quiet better than Kawhi. I think you know him well enough media-wise, <laughs> the same way I know him. So are you shocked? Yeah. You're shocked? Oh, I can't believe that. Last summer, did you find him last summer in the media? Uh, no. Why would you find him this summer in the media? Just like, he's the only guy in the world who can do it, it seems. Has he done it before? So you shouldn't be shocked. Do you, do you touch him? Do I talk to him? Here and there. But I'm not shocked. You shouldn't be either. The decision is expected in the next couple of days. Now, Toronto seems like a great fit for both players. Certainly, they couldn't possibly feel more welcomed by a fan base that expands the entire country. It makes you feel like a priority. It makes you feel at home. Um, when you don't get that same type of love or you know, embrace the same way, you don't feel at home and it's easier for you to leave or make a decision not to want to be there. Another signing for the Canucks, this time Josh Levo, one year, one and a half million dollars. He was useful last year, 10 goals in 49 games. This signing means Vancouver has about five and a half million left to spend. So they'll need, they'll need to make some moves on the roster to get Brock Besser signed because he'll want more than five and a half, I'm sure. It wasn't quite as big as the wait for Kawhi Leonard's decision, but the Whitecaps got the answer they wanted regarding left-back Ali Adnan. His club in Italy, Udinese, agreed to sell him to the Whitecaps. We're not sure what the price is, but we're hearing over $2 million. Remember, he was on loan to the Whitecaps for the first half of this season, so Vancouver has bought his contract from Italy. Adnan has been easily the best Whitecaps so far this year, and now he is signed through the 2021 season as a designated player. So everyone's happy, especially Adnan, who I think should be able to play tomorrow against LAFC. Like, uh, the city is beautiful. The people here, the Canadian people, I like them so much. It's like different people. It's like the, my fans here. It's like, you know, everyone here knows, like, I have a lot of fans here, a lot of Iraqian people here, so they follow me everywhere. So I like the city too much. So, uh, so we are here. So I help, like, I do my best with this team. All right, Adam Hadwin of Abbotsford. He is second after two rounds at the 3M tournament in Minnesota. Didn't get a birdie here, but got close enough to knock that in for a par. He's at 12 under par, two behind Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, Corey Connors had a big day, a couple of Eagles. He's also a Canadian. He is tied for 11th at eight under par with a couple of other Canadians and a couple of local boys, Adam Svensson of Surrey and Merritt's Roger Sloan. Nick Taylor also made the cut at six under par. Uh, at the uh, Wimbledon, uh, Ronich won, Felix Oje-Aliassim did not. Oh, okay. Thank you, Squire. Coming up on ET Canada, Lil Nas X speaks out for the first time about coming out to his fans. Plus, previews of NCIS and the stunt show Gone Wrong, Evil Live 2. That's coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Sophie. Thank you very much, Sangeeta. Okay. okay. What you got for us? Well, I've got uh, some old favorite commercials. Here's one about a cat, and I know you like cats that talk, mm -hmm. and this one also flies. Well, it jumps very high. Right. Anyway, this cat has dog envy. I used to be a cat. Every day the same. I'd be aloof to lunch, then coldly indifferent after. To me, everything was just, meh. Then it hit me. Why be so cat? 
Why not be a bit more dog? I mean, look at the world today. It's amazing. Running, amazing. Chasing cars, amazing. Sticks, amazing. Carpe diem. It means grab the frisbee. Maybe we should all be a bit more dog. Be more dog. Start now at bemoredog.com. O2. I don't really, I, I like I have a no talking idea. cat that has an accent as well. Oh yeah, it's got to have an accent, especially mm -hmm. a British one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this one has to do with, well, it's, it's selling soap, but it kind of goes off the rails, but here we go. Tengo razón o no tengo razón? Me da un poco de culpa. Pero la verdad es que no quiero que sea el tatuaje de Susana. Entiendo que es su mamá, pero es mi marido. Va a estar siempre ahí, en el medio de los dos. Mirándome, juzgándome. El flequillo ya pasó de moda, querida. No sé si lo voy a poder soportar. Pero espera. Tiene pelos en el pecho. No lo pensó. Chao, Susana. Nos vemos el domingo en tu casa. Bye, Susan. Bye, Susan. We'll see you at Thanksgiving. Okay. You like talking cats. Mm -hmm. We aim to please here. Yeah. You wish two that. earrings that are different. Uh, that, that is a new style. Uh, Muppets selling Lipton tea. As they do. Can everyone just be more tea? Hey, make a home. Uptown. Downtown. Uptown. Midtown. Excuse us. What's I don't know. Nice. One step at a time. To the movie Be more tea, be more dog. There's a theme here. That's today's lesson. Also, fix your earrings. Be more mirror. Yeah, 
<laughs> Maybe it's a look that will start. I think it is. I don't think so. Really? <laughs> so you sure? Let us like, know. Okay. What do you think? Let's see. Because you may have two earrings you love so much you can't decide. That's a good point. And you have so you two wear them earrings. Both. So. Why not wear them both? Have a good weekend, everyone.